The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, we are doing an AMA on air. Hello. Happy Friday, everyone. It's another Ask Me Anything on air. If you're wondering what the fuck AMA is, it's Ask Me Anything. And it's where you guys ask me questions from my Monday night AMA on my Instagram. So every Monday night, if you know, you know, we put up a question box. You guys ask me questions. Some of them are about me. Some of them are about my life. Some of them are about advice. Some of them are about my thoughts. And on these episodes, I pick some of those questions and I give you my hot take. These eps are my favorite to record because they are short, sharp, juicy, to the point. And some of the questions are like really juicy, which I freaking love. And we get through a lot more in these episodes. Now, I do need to preface the conversation by saying, as always, these podcast eps are not a replacement for professional mental health support or therapy. So if you need that, please get it. Check the show notes. There's lots of resources there for you as well. But we are wasting no time. We are jumping straight in. Question number one. One of my best friends has not wished us a happy engagement. It really hurts. How do I say something? Firstly, I want to validate your pain. I think you can be upset. I think you're allowed to be upset. I won't ever sit here and tell you that you shouldn't be upset over something. The fact you have communicated to me that you are hurt and you want to say something is amazing because you're already validating yourself. So I want to say hats off to you for doing that. And secondly, I don't know exactly how you feel because I have never been engaged. I am not in a relationship and I don't know what that exact feeling would feel like or how I would react. But I also have had friends hurt me in the past and I think I can give you some guidance around this. Now, as I said, I love that you know you want to say something. What often will happen in friendships is that our friends may hurt us or our friends may do something wrong or our friends may not do something and that might hurt us and we don't say anything. And then what happens is slowly, slowly resentment starts to build in the friendship and then little things will start annoying you and then you start to notice more of those little things and the relationship really or friendship really then does break down. And I am a huge fan of communicating. I'm a huge fan of talking about things. I love talking about shit, especially if it's hurt you. This is how you keep your relationships going. Having these uncomfortable conversations keeps the friendship alive. It keeps the friendship strong. And I think especially in moments where you're hurt, talking about it with the person and trying to reach that resolution can save it and stop it from like snowballing and getting out of control. So I'm going to give you my tips or how I would approach it if I was in your shoes, okay? The first thing I would do is sit down with myself. I would maybe even get out a journal, maybe even communicate this potentially to someone else. I'd love for you to do this just by yourself and ask yourself what bothers you so much about it and write it down. Write down the event. So the event would be, they did not wish me a good, happy engagement. Why that hurt you? So maybe you're feeling disappointed. Maybe you're feeling sad. Maybe you're feeling anger. I will say if you are feeling anger, that is usually like a secondary emotion. Ask yourself underneath that anger what you're feeling. But I really want you to just get clear on why it hurt you so much and label whatever emotions you're feeling. Because again, that validates you and that also helps you get into a point of feeling calm, calmer. And that's what I will say before you speak to your friend, before you talk to them, make sure you are in a clear headspace, make sure you're in a calm headspace. You do not want to go into any conversation with them being fueled by anger or 
or being fueled by any of those intense emotions. Secondly, my tip is to practice what you were going to say. Frame up the conversation. So after you practice, ask your friend to have a chat about it. So set the time, ask them, can we have a chat about this tomorrow? Or can I chat to you about this later? Or can I give you a call about something? And maybe it's not even a call. Maybe you want to see them face to face. I don't know what your friendship is like. If it's hurt you so much, I'm going to say you probably want to see them in person. I prefer to have these types of conversation in person if you can. Letting them know that you want to have that conversation ahead of it can also give them a chance to emotionally regulate as well. You've already done your emotional regulation, but you want to kind of give them that same capacity. And then when you are having the conversation, I've spoken about this a few times in asking for what you want, but it's important that you use certain language. So using a lot of I language. So instead of you hurt me because you did this, or you piss me off because you did this, you should try saying, I felt disappointed when you didn't wish us a happy engagement, or it hurt me when you didn't wish us a happy engagement. So changing the language just so it is a little bit more digestible without attacking the friend. And I know you might want to just say it how it is, but there is a way to have the conversation in like a productive way that can help you reach that resolution quicker. And I also want to add, there's no harm in reaffirming to your friend. I really value your friendship. This hurt me, but I want to resolve it because I value your friendship. Like I I adore you. I want us to have a good friendship. This is what happened. I'm not feeling good about it. And I want us to get back to that point. So giving your friend that reassurance as well can help them not feel attacked and have the conversation go a little bit more positively. Some other general tips for the conversation. Make sure you're using neutral language. Make sure that you stick to the facts and be kind in your delivery. I can't stress how important that is. I don't want you to add fuel to the fire. So really just going into it with kindness and facts and coming from that very balanced perspective. And often in that discussion, that is how you resolve it. Maybe your friend gives you an explanation. Maybe they had a lot going on. Maybe your friend has a lot of personal issues happening. Maybe your friend is super stressed at the moment. In an ideal world, your friend gives you an explanation and hopefully an apology and hopefully you guys can move forward together. That's like ideal outcome. A lot of the time it can be repaired. A lot of the time, time can also help heal as well and you guys can then move forward. If it is not resolved though, this is the other tips. If it is not resolved, my advice is just to take some time out. You might just need to let the dust settle until all parties are cooled down and have had a moment or chance to just reset. Sometimes that might not help as well. And sometimes that's where it moves to muddier water, where if you're still unable to reach that middle ground where you can accept or forgive or your friend is maybe not taking accountability, maybe your friend doesn't want to apologize, maybe your friend doesn't want to try and resolve it. Sometimes that might mean letting the friendship go, which can be really painful and really hard. That is not an easy decision. That is a decision that I would say definitely don't make in the heat of an argument. That is a decision definitely don't make just in a snap judgment. Give it some time, give it some space, especially when you are calm. And then I will say, if you have done that and there's still not a chance of resolving it, then maybe that could be the sign that it is the end of the friendship. Friendships ending, and I will do another episode on friendships. I did one with Suze. There will be another like part two coming. Friends will hurt us in our life. Friends will make mistakes. Friends might be shit friends sometimes, but that is because we are human. I don't think friends try to intentionally hurt us. I like to think anyway. (laughs) I like to assume the best in our friends. If they do hurt us, it's like not intended, it's accidental. And sometimes our friends can't bring themselves to apologize. And sometimes they can't bring themselves to own up. And sometimes that can be the undoing of the friendship, which is really, really rough. But I just want to say good luck. And I hope that you can resolve this with your friend because it would be a shame for you to lose a friendship in this situation. But I hope that I gave you some helpful tips there. I'm wishing you lots of luck. And then question number two, how do I find a balance between my relationship and time for myself? I 
love this question, guys, because we have never really been taught how to balance our time ever. No one teaches you like these life hacks and skills in primary school. They freaking should. I like to think that we have a lot of time. We have a lot of time in our days, even though I would like to buy more time. I sometimes think there's not enough hours in the day. I would love to buy some more hours, but I think that hopefully we live long lives and we've got lots of time here left on this earth and balancing it can be really hard, especially if you have kids, especially if you work full time, especially if you work multiple jobs, especially if you're studying, especially if you've got friends, a partner, parents, family. It is a lot happening. But I think the common thing is that we still need to carve out time for ourselves, carve out time to recharge, refresh, reset. By doing that, it helps us become a better friend, a better parent, a better partner, a better child. It helps us become a better friend. And so that's why I'm a huge advocate for self-care or like me time. And then I think one step deeper, and I'm not in a relationship at the moment, but when you are in a relationship, it is so important to have that healthy sense of self. It is so important to have your own identity. It is so important to do that. And I'm going to put my hand up and say, this is not something I have done well (laughs) in the past until my last relationship. All of my relationships before that, I was very, what's the word? not codependent because I don't I, th- I still think I had de- independence but I used to very much get wrapped up in my partners and I would almost lose my identity I would become this version of myself that like tick the boxes for my partner but wasn't really true to who I was I didn't realize until I went to therapy and obviously in my last relationship I got to practice this out but the ultimate goal is to grow as a couple while also still maintaining your identity in a healthy relationship you are able to have that relationship and you are also able to have yourself and still maintain that identity. I'll also add science backs it because it's proven when you are able to celebrate your individuality within your relationship, the relationship is then often open to more connection and more intimacy. So there's no harm in doing that for yourself to help benefit the other relationships. Now, I'm going to assume for this question that by relationship, you are talking about intimate partner. Otherwise, I think you maybe would have said friends or family. I don't know. I'm just going to go with <laughs> with my gut instinct. I'm going to give you some tips to how I think you can start to implement this. The first tip is to have a list of activities that you know work for you and fill your cup up. It's almost like a little cheat sheet to yourself or a little cheat sheet to your brain. I've got a list on my notes app and I've even got a list in my journal of all the ways that I do self-care. And what these are are little things, tasks or activities that make me feel good. And sometimes when you're in the thick of like a... I'm not feeling great or I'm feeling pretty lost or sometimes it helps to go back and have that there. Having that carved out that you can try to bring you joy in those moments. And I will say, have that list and then try to build some of those activities in when you can. And don't try to overhaul it and do like a million things and then get overwhelmed. As I always say, start small, 1%. Try to carve out 1% for yourself, not even 1%, 5% of your day each day for yourself. Whether that looks like having a moment to have your cup of coffee, whether that looks like putting on your favorite outfit, whether that looks like taking yourself on a walk, whether that looks like playing your favorite playlist while you're getting ready, what other things? I don't know. There are lots of different things that you guys can do to bring yourself joy, to bring yourself that care, that self-care me time. And that goes into my second tip, which is actually scheduling it in. So make time for it, just like you would put anything else in your calendar or anything else in your schedule. You're allowed to prioritize yourself. It does not make you selfish. It does not make you a bad person. It does not make you a bad partner. It does not make you a bad mother. It does not make you a bad friend. It's important that you 
fill your cup up. Because what happens is when we're giving, 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 the cup can get empty. Who's refilling it? You've got to refill it. And you refill it by scheduling it in. And then my third tip is try new things that allow you to grow. So when you challenge yourself, when you try something new, when you do something out of your comfort zone, and I will give you a good example. I went and did a yoga class last week. I usually do yoga at home because I'm like not very good at it (laughs) and I'm a bit shy. And I did, I actually did a campaign for Good Life and they said, oh, you can just go use the gym. And I was like, you know what? I actually want to get like the most out of this. I want to do a yoga class. And it was so different and so challenging, not my usual workout, but I had the fucking best time guys. And so it can look like that or it can look like another way where you're trying something new. And then my fourth tip is be patient because it can take time to start to build your sense of self, especially if you've never done it before, especially if you are somebody who tends to put yourself last or who tends to put the relationship before everything else. It can be really hard to then just go, oh, bam, I'm going to start putting myself first now. Be patient with yourself. Be realistic. It takes time to build new habits. It takes time to build a new routine. My last tip is talk to your partner about it. And you can even do this before you start implementing some of this stuff. But I think it's a great thing to let them know this is what you're working on and to give them that reassurance that you're not neglecting them, that you're not neglecting the relationship, that you actually want to show up better in the relationship. And so that's why you're trying to get that connection with yourself a little bit deeper. And then I'll say, if you want to go one step further, maybe it's then doing a stock take on the we time. So it's a balance of me and we. And so looking at how you guys spend your time together, do you also at the same time need to look at how much time you're spending together? Is that quality time? Maybe you're trying something new with your partner. Maybe you were doing certain activities or that are a lot of fun together. You can try to pour in at the same time. Obviously, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, go, you know, crazy and then have your partners think, oh my God, what is, what is this person doing? Like, I want you guys to do it in a way that feels good for you. That is like a slow kind of rebuild of yourself. And you can definitely do that while you're in the relationship. I don't think it means anything about the relationship. In fact, I think it means, wow, you're putting yourself first. That's a very brave thing to do. That's a very important thing to do. You are essentially in a way giving back to everyone else around you when you choose yourself. So I'm really proud of you. Good luck and go easy on yourself. I know that you can do it. I just need to have a quick sip of water, but I want to do an episode on codependency and then I might do another episode on like building identity because there's a lot there that I want to unpack and these episodes are like not long enough. I recorded a Sunday episode before this and so my throat and my voice is like waning, waning, waning. Mm, I don't know. Question number three, what is the best advice you give someone starting year 12? I'm so nervous. Congratulations. You are in your final year of study. How exciting. I know it's probably not exciting. I know you're probably like Adele, bitch, what the fuck? But a few of you have gone back to school last week or this week. And so I wanted to put this in here. Maybe some of you are even back at uni or you're into your first job first year out of school or you're just doing something new this year and I think maybe some of these tips can be helpful for you doing something new but these are obviously more tailored to our year 12 students because year 12 is a scary year. I did year 12 very, many moons ago. I graduated in 2010. Was it 2010? I think so. How old am I now? Yeah, it was 2010. Wow, that's crazy. My first tip here is to find balance. Now, year 12 is very overwhelming. For me, it was very overwhelming. And I guess my personal advice here would be to still maintain the leisure activities, to still maintain any hobbies that you have, to still maintain some elements that aren't just related to study or school or stressing about your results. And I think I really don't know what 
type of student you are. For me, I was very heavily invested in my study and I didn't really prioritize my fun or my self-care. I will say I was underage in year 12, so I was 17. So I couldn't drive, I couldn't party, I couldn't do any of the things that my friends were doing. And so a lot of the time study being in my books was just like all I had to do. I also didn't play any sports or anything like that. Year 12 is a really pivotal year in your life. It's a year you'll remember. I still remember my year 12 and I want you just to make sure you're still having fun and still enjoying it. I know it can get super stressful. So if you are feeling super stressed or overwhelmed, please chat to your parents. Please chat to your teachers. They are, believe it or not, on your side, even though some of the time they are the ones putting pressure on you. They do want the best for you when they are on your side. It's okay to lean on someone for support if you need that support when you're struggling going into such a hectic year like year 12. Tip number two, I couldn't give you these tips without putting this in here, but it is to dedicate time to study. And just like anything, if you want to make it important, if you want to give it priority, schedule it in. I'm a huge fan of using a calendar. I'm a huge fan of scheduling in my time. That's how I prioritize the things in my life. And I would say in year 12, study is obviously quite important. Making sure that you give it the space, give it a chance to exist and staying on top of it. By staying on top of it, I mean finding a way to study that works for you. So the way that I used to study, and I don't know if anyone else can relate, but I'm a, let me write things down. Like, let me take notes again and again. So I'd read some information and then I'd note take on it. Some of you might not study like that. Some of you might be fine to read. Some of you might be visual. Some of you might need to draw it out. Some of you might need to attach it to a song or attach it to, I don't know. There are many ways that you can study. The best way that you study is the way that works for you. And by booking it in, it means that you will make time for it. And so I almost think that when it comes to study, a lot of us will say, oh, I just can't, like it's too much, but then we don't give it a chance. By getting into it, and giving it a chance to exist, you're still doing enough. And again, balance though. So so book it in, but make sure you're balancing it with some fun stuff too. And then my last tip is to not panic. And I know this is hard after I've just said booking some time to study, but there is so much pressure on you in year 12. And we actually just had a post in the Facebook group about somebody deciding what to do in regards to like a gap year or something like that. And I think there is so much pressure put on kids that are like 17, 18, who are still kids. Yes, they are at the end of their teenage years but they are still kids and it is okay to not know what you want to do it is okay to not know what your next step is it is okay to not get the score that you wanted back in my time I think it was called an enter score I think it's an ATAR score now in Melbourne anyway in VCE I know in Sydney they've got HSC in Victoria it was enter score now it's ATAR score maybe maybe you're stressing about the score that you're going to get I just want to remind you it is not the be all end all I put so much stress on myself (laughs) so much stress on myself. I didn't realize that as soon as you leave school, no one gives a fuck what your enter score is or what your ATAR score is. It really doesn't matter. And I know that can be hard to hear while you're in the thick of it. I just wanted to mention that because if you try really hard this year and if you don't get the grades that you want or you're overwhelmed or it's not going the way that you want it to go, you can still find a pathway out of high school. You can still find a pathway doing whatever it is that you want to do. If you don't know what you want to do, that's okay as well. Let me stress that to you as well. For whatever reason, there's a lot of pressure placed on these kids. There's a lot of pressure placed on year 12. It's like you should know where you're going. You should know what degree to pick. Some of you might even be going to uni when you don't even want to go to uni. Some of you might be taking gap years. Whatever it is that you want to do, that is the right thing for you to do. That's what I want to say. And it's so hard because you're like, how do I know it's the right thing to do? And I can't explain this other than having lived through it myself. I finished high school. I put a lot of pressure on myself in year 12 and I really wanted a good grade. I ended up getting a score of 84, which I think was adequate and I think was deserved because I did put a lot of effort into my study. I 
really, really held the score on like this pedestal. And then I ended up going to uni when I didn't even know that I wanted to go what I wanted to do. And I studied business and marketing and I had no idea if that was my pathway. Since then, I've worked in many jobs. Since then, I've had varying levels of salary. Since then, I've had various job descriptions. Since then, my life path has not fucking gone anywhere, anywhere near the way I thought it would, but it still worked out okay. And I guess that's what I wanted to say. Don't panic. Have fun this year. Do your best. All you can do is your best. And whatever way it works out, it will work out. Just trust me on that. I know it's hard to hear that from someone that maybe not in this situation, but I've lived through it and I can promise you. And I've seen it happen to my friends. I've seen my friends. Some of us went to uni. Some of us took gap years. Some of us went to TAFE. Some of us went straight into the workforce. Some of us went into apprenticeships. I've seen all the pathways. We're all going on to live happy, healthy lives. You will be okay. All right, guys. Oh, wait. (laughs) There's one more question. I nearly wrapped the episode. The last question is, how do you find dates? That's all this person wrote. And I thought, I'm still single and still obviously dating. So a lot of the content sprinkled through these episodes will be in relation to where I'm currently at at this point in my life. And so I wanted to talk about it. Let's talk about it. I'm going to give you some of the places I have found my dates and then I'll give you some other areas that I think you can find dates. I actually think mindset has something to do with it as well, but I'll get to that in a second. So the first one elephant in the room is dating apps or websites or any type of online dating forum, if you want to call it that. You guys know I love Hinge. I did pause my profile last week because I had gone on a couple of dates with a couple of guys from Hinge. And then there was also another guy from Sydney who I had gone on a date with. And you guys know how I do. And I've spoken about this. I have like a little process where I'll go on a few dates with a few people at the same time. That's so I don't get attached to anybody. And so I don't get too far ahead. And my therapist has recommended that I do that just so we can stay very like balanced and date in a way that is healthy for me. And I don't want to get overwhelmed. And so I pause my Hinge profile, but I really like Hinge. I will probably unpause it, I think maybe in the next couple of weeks. But to me, that app is better than any other apps. I've used Bumble and I've used Tinder. I haven't used Tinder or Bumble since, oh fuck, I lived in Sydney. I don't know what their app looks like now, but I think Hinge's app is better. Also the quality of men on Hinge. And so I will say, I think it is better than others that I've used in the past. I am not opposed to dating apps. Some people are very anti-dating apps. That's okay. If it's not for you, it's not for you. As somebody who doesn't go out, it needs to be an option for me. Here to say dating apps, not the devil. They're okay. I've had some really fun dates from them. The second place I'm finding dates is social media. Now, I don't think social media should be used as a dating platform. I am very hesitant to accept dates off social media. I have gone on two dates with guys from social media. The first one was last year. He emailed me. He fucking emailed me because he wanted to have a chat. He like framed it up that he wanted to have a chat about the podcast or something. And I was like, you know what? He emailed me because he was like, you won't see a DM. And I thought, I respect the grind. Guys, if you happen to listen to this, do not fucking email me. Please don't do that. My manager sees the email. That email that I've got in my bio, that goes to my manager. He emailed me and the other one slid in my did <laughs> and the other one slid in the DMs. For me, I don't like the fact that there is so much information out there of me that someone could just easily access. And that's why I prefer a dating app because I'm like, if these guys don't follow me on Hinge and they just swipe with me and they like my profile from my profile, obviously I've got on there what I do for work and things like that. But I just feel like I'm on a bit more of an even playing field versus me finding someone on Instagram or on TikTok where they've already got access to like my whole fucking life story, right? And then the third place I'm finding dates is in my day-to-day life. I have found dates at the beach, at the gym, at the dog park, at cafes, always in the places that I enjoy hanging out or always in the places that I'm hanging 
freaking out at anyway. And my thoughts here come around mindset. You have to be open to it. If you are going around saying, I cannot find any dates, you will not find any dates. Just like the lucky girl syndrome, when I told you I've got the dash hound radar or when I'm looking to buy a car, I'll always see that car. What you say, you will not find, you will not find. What you say you will find, you will find it. Your mind will go and search it out. Your mind will be open to it. I'll tell you this other quick story. I was in Sydney and I was paying for my car park ticket. I was in Bondi Junction, I think. And I was literally, I ran from my car to the ticket machine. I put in the money, got the ticket. This guy comes up to me. I could not for the life of me remember his name. We did go on a date, but he was like, you are beautiful. Here's my number. I want your number. Can I take you out on a date? And I was like, you know what? I fucking love this energy because you've just had the courage to come up to me in public, in the wild, which is a very hard thing to do. And I'm not opposed to guys doing that. I actually find it very attractive when a guy can approach me in public and do that. I would rather that than like sliding in the DMs or emailing me, just FYI. But he had the courage to come and do that. And I was like, oh my God. So for me, when I, when people say, how are you finding dates in the wild? I'm like, I've actually found more in the wild than I have from dating apps. Probably because I haven't been on the dating apps that long, but it's possible. It's absolutely possible. I'm telling you that it is. You just have to be open to it. In that setting, I was facing the parking machine. So he approached me. I didn't really give him the body language, but if I'm out and I see a cute guy, I will smile at him. I will flirt with him. I will face my body language to him so he knows he can come and speak to me and I'll show him that it's okay for him to do that because I think that is important as well, which I think sometimes I might not want to be approached and I won't do that. But other times I'll have that open body language. I'll have that smile. I'll have that. I'll give the eyes. I'll be like, yes, you can come and ask for my number. But it's definitely possible. And I think be open to it because you never know when you might meet your person. And then some other dates that you could find. These are not how I found them, but could be an option. There might be some local or community events that you could go to. There are group events that are specifically for singles. I've never been to that, but I'm not opposed to it because I feel like it would be like dating apps just in real life, which would be pretty cool. On that, maybe there are also classes that you want to try that could either be for fun or to build a skill. And the good thing with that is you could be meeting somebody who has the same interests as you. So maybe it's cooking, pottery, painting, resin, photography. There are so many classes out there. And then my last tip is maybe it could be the going out scene if that is your vibe. So clubs, bars, things like that. I don't really go out. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. I'm not a party girl anymore. And I have met some of my exes through the party scene or some of the guys I've dated through the party scene. I do think that that is probably an easy way to meet people. But if you are just at home, not having access or not wanting to do that, that's okay. There are so many other ways that you could potentially have a date or meet a date. Good luck if that is you. There are so many people out there. There are so many single people out there, not on dating apps and on dating apps, they exist. And I think even subconsciously for me, going on dating apps showed me, holy shit, there's all these guys in Melbourne that are single. In my mind, I thought I'm the only single, I'm the only single person because I'm just at home by myself every weekend. But no, there are single people out there and there are dates out there and I'm manifesting them for you. So have fun with it. Oh, and then sorry, just one last thing. Say yes to the dates. That's how I also say yes to the dates. Very rarely will I turn a date down. And it depends who is asking. Obviously, I need to be interested in them. We need to click. We need to have that compatibility. Generally, if I'm like matching with somebody and then we're chatting, we're vibing and they ask me on the date, I'm going to go. So saying yes as well helps increase your chances of going. But good luck. Have fun with it. I wish you all the best. Enjoy it. Dating can be so fun. There are some really good dates that I've had and it's been lovely getting to know some of these guys, even though they're not my person. It's still been a nice interaction and shown me that there are good people out there. Maybe not my person yet, but still a big vibe. But guys, we're going to wrap the show. I hope you have a great week. I hope that your weekend is fun. I don't know what it is that you're doing. If you've got a date, good luck. If you're chilling at home, good luck too. 
If you are not already, follow us on Instagram, Your Safe Space Podcast. Join our Facebook group, Your Safe Space Podcast Community, and leave us a review on Apple or a rating on Spotify. I love you guys. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me again. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye, guys.